0: Welcome to Relationships as Spiritual Practice, Bridging the Secular and Spiritual, with your host, Lachelle Low Chardet, founder of Mindful Compassionate Dialogue and Wiseheart PDX. Hello, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking this time to be together in community and talk about how to live our relationships as a spiritual practice. Hmm. So important. Thank you so much. Today I want to bring forward this topic of mindfulness and mindful engagement. Ooh, to me it's so important, so important because we cannot move Forward to create a new consciousness, a new world, a new way of living this life and caring for this earth from the conditioning we've had thus far. Hopefully we all have some positive conditioning and it seems to me there's a fair amount of limiting conditioning that without mindfulness we're really Without knowing it, making the same kinds of decisions that created the suffering we see now. Being able to cultivate a mind that's spacious, kind, and open allows a new Insight, a new wisdom, a new way forward to emerge. Without that, I'm afraid we will become lost. So mindfulness is a practice of cultivation. Cultivating particular conditions so that you can live your life from this enhanced presence of mind. So today I want to break that down into hopefully very understandable, specific, and doable parts. And hopefully you'll find it inspiring and helpful in your relationships. So to begin, I want to talk about mindfulness and I want to be transparent that I'm bringing what I'm about to share regarding mindfulness from my own 20-some years of mindfulness and meditation practice, and also from Buddhist teachings, the Abhidharma specifically. Mm. A teacher that I enjoy that has made the Abhidharma teachings accessible is Andrew Olinsky. He uh, has taught out of the Vipassana Center in Berry, Massachusetts, the Berry Institute. He has a book called The Unlimiting Mind, which breaks down experience into little bits. So if you enjoy really studying experience, you'll enjoy his books. So in these ancient teachings of Buddhism, then there's a very specific definition of mindfulness. It goes something like this. It is an enhanced presence of mind directed by the intention of loving-kindness, a heightened attentiveness to the objects of experience in the present moment. A special non-reactive quality of attention A peaceful, buoyant, flexible, effective, capable, upright state of mind. It's a lot, right? But it doesn't end there. It just keeps going. The people of India have been studying experience in the mind for thousands of years. They've had time to get very specific. I appreciate that. I appreciate their gifts and how it supported so many in finding release from suffering specifically several factors are named as factors that co-arise and when found together we call that mindfulness so i'm going to name these factors and then i'll go back and define a couple that might not be clear right away these factors include loving kindness generosity equanimity Ethics, proficiency, wieldiness, malleability, lightness, tranquility, trust, respect for others, and self respect. So these are based on Andrew Olensky's translation of the Abhidharma material. Let's look at equanimity and willediness, specifically. Equanimity is this allowing of your experience to be as it is without grasping it or pushing it away. Equanimity, when we're in equanimity, we actually have an incredible intimacy with life. Because equanimity allows you to stay with something, stay with it, notice it, regardless of whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. Equanimity allows you to stay with your experience with curiosity, and that's powerful. Because when you stay with your experience with curiosity and warmth, without resistance, without clinging, That experience gets its full expression and naturally dissolves and makes space for the next experience. Without that, maybe it's kind of like things get stacked up. We get clogged up in a certain way, energetically, mentally, emotionally, and we get sick from that, right? So this capacity to be with your experience just as it is allows life to flow. Life is meant to arise in a particular form, be experienced, and dissolve and pass away. And then the next thing gets to arise, exist, and pass away. So equanimity is really a center point for health and well-being and supporting the flow of life energy. Okay, let's look at wieldiness. Wieldiness of mind is a popular phrase in Buddhism. Although I'm sure there's many people who participate in Buddhism who haven't heard that phrase also. Wieldiness, wieldiness means you're able to wield something. You're able to move it around easily. So in this case, you're able to move your mind around and direct it easily to where you would like to go. it to go. So for example, Hmm... If you're in the midst of an activity and the time that you can do that ends, that you've set aside for that ends and the next activity is about to begin, you simply drop what you're doing and move on without complaint, without clinging, without resenting. Just drop and move on. That's a wieldiness of mind, directing your mind to where it can best serve life. Okay, so the second part about mindfulness to understand is that mindfulness naturally arises when these factors are present, and these factors are present when we cultivate the conditions. It's just like we talk about enlightenment. We don't say, ah, I've got enlightenment on my checklist today, right? I'm going to go get it done. No, moments of awakening, moments of clarity and insight arise because you've been cultivating particular conditions and then that moment of awakening is the natural fruit of those conditions. So that's the same with mindfulness. And so each of those factors I named are things that you would cultivate. Loving kindness, generosity, equanimity, and as you do, you naturally enter into more often and more frequently states of mindfulness. So it's not a willpower thing, yeah? Our willpower is to direct our attention in a given moment, access loving kindness, bring curiosity. But everything you do frequently, you condition it to appear again. So that's why it's so important that we're attending to what we're conditioning ourselves to think, to feel, to believe, to behave day by day. Every moment of your attention is a moment of conditioning. No pressure. (laughs) It's a little bit of pressure, right? Okay. Hmm, let's look at mindful engagement. When I called, my, when I used this term, mindful engagement, as one of the four fruits of mindful compassionate dialogue, I wanted to point to the importance of engaging from mindfulness, like I've already said. The importance of making space for something new to arise. We won't be able to move forward and create a new world, a new consciousness, a new way of living this life without making space for something totally new. We are so deeply conditioned by so many limited frames of reference. So in my mind, we really need humility in the face of biases that we have that we don't even know we have, right? That's what waking up is all about. You're waking up to this incredible conditioning that limits your life and limits your ability to contribute. So mindfulness creates a space for you to find freedom from that conditioning. Okay. For mindful engagement, I want to talk about four aspects. Discerning your present state, creating favorable conditions. I want to go back to that again. The actions of mindful engagement and the signs that you are in the midst of mindful engagement. So let's start with discerning your present state. Of course, you can discern whether your mindfulness simply by references, referencing the factors that we already named. Those were a lot of factors to remember, so perhaps you want to choose three. Maybe loving kindness, equanimity, and respect. For example, you could choose any three, and in a given moment, ask yourself, is loving kindness present in me? Is equanimity present in me? Is respect present in me? So it's so important that you find a way to discern where are you really, that you have a little um, test for yourself, right? Not a test as in you could fail or get a gold star, but a way of knowing a way of knowing in a more clear and reliable way, knowing that the mind sometimes is pretty tricky. Okay. So then of course, if you discern woof, I'm pretty far from mindfulness right now, then my hope is that you would have a regulation strategy that you typically engage, habitually engage, And you can find a whole table of regulation strategies on my website if you haven't seen it already. That you pick a couple favorites and you engage those throughout the day, whether you notice you're reactive or not, right? But you want to have a home base to take yourself to when you notice, whew, I'm pretty far from mindfulness right now, I'd like to come back first to just basic Regulation, physiological, emotional, energetic regulation. Hmm. And then you might reach for one of the factors like loving-kindness or equanimity, trust, whatever it might be. Okay, so that was discerning your state. The second is creating favorable conditions for mindfulness to arise. We talked about that a little bit already. Of course, setting your intention is central for creating favorable conditions. Setting your intention every day, every day, set your intention. Ah, today I want to practice mindfulness or I want to practice love or gratitude. Whatever your life-serving intention is, setting that every single day at the beginning of your day. In my mind, it's absolutely essential. Other favorable conditions are frequently relaxing your body, relaxing your mind. If you have a tendency towards sleepiness or kind of fuzziness, then... Arousing an alert focus or attention might be important and central. Entering into a gentle focus on the present moment, maybe orienting with your senses. What do you hear? What do you see? What do you feel? Textures. And then simply observing your breath gently in the present moment inviting mindfulness to arrive. Those are an example. That's an example of a few ways to create favorable conditions for mindfulness to arise more often. Okay, so what's happening when you're actually engaging you're having your day, you're in a meeting at work, you're on a walk with your, a friend, you're doing your computer work, whatever it is. What's happening when that is mindful engagement? Hmm. One thing I would guess that you would notice is there's a consistent shuttling back to the center of your heart or the center of your abdomen. So there's a consistent centering practice, right? You're coming back to those centers. could be any energy center, but those might be the most mm, balancing for you. Maybe you are noticing a certain flow with mindful engagement. You're noticing where there's constriction or tension, and you're relaxing that. You're consistently directing your attention to what matters most. It's like there's this jewel of something that matters most in that particular situation or task. And then there's all the details that go around it, right? And... Your attention is such that most of your attention is resting on that jewel, and then your attention takes a little light visit to the details and comes back. Yeah, it's that kind of quality of awareness that includes the details of everyday life, the relative world, but never stays there too long, right? Stays there's Your attention stays on the details only long enough to notice them. When you stay longer than is needed, you become trapped in them or sticky with them. You want them to be a certain way and you start to mold them and it starts to get tense. And That means you've stayed too long on the details and your attention wants to come back to that deep need, deep value, what's most important, really, for that. When you're engaging mindfully, you likely notice a sense of resonance in your body, and your energy. You might notice a sense of easy joy, a sense of ease and a sense of joy. And you might be frequently Visiting the other three fruits, agency, wise action, and compassion. So all these are signs that mindful engagement is happening. Resonance, trust and connection, a willingness to continually take responsibility for your state of consciousness, Caring for your impact on others. Maintaining that warm curiosity in the moment. So that maybe was a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm saying a little prayer right now that you don't take anything that I've shared and make it into another ideal or something way you're supposed to be or something you're supposed to do. I'm hoping that you receive this just as an invitation. Ah, yeah, an invitation. Like, hmm, you might like to visit Mindful Engagement, and you might like to visit there more often. You might like to live there eventually, but there's no rush. There's no hurry, there's no pressure. It's not about wrong and right. It's just about the joy, the joy of evolving, learning, growing, discovering. Discovering the presence that you can offer yourself in the world because you enjoy doing that, That's simple. I invite you in the coming week That as this sense of mindfulness and mindful engagement sits in you, to notice how it affects your relationships with others, with yourself, with nature. Notice what shifts, what you enjoy. You might notice what's challenging a little bit more, right? Because your mind is more open. That doesn't mean a failure, it just means, ah, ever more subtle awareness that's a celebration thank you so much for being with me today radiating love from my heart to yours you can learn more about mindful compassionate dialogue and find free resources live offerings and self-paced workshops online at www.wiseheartpdx.org You can also connect with Wise Heart on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube or by emailing info at wiseheartpdx.org